Welcome again to It Doesn't Take a Genius, conversation with introspective perspectives and pithy points of view. Here are your hosts, my friends, Max and Marty. I think that's Mark and Mike. Yeah, whatever. Ramsey! Marshall. I, I hope you don't mind this, that I, I, I have a uh, hotel stay right now, so I've got my hotel background blocked off with this lovely picture, but I it's not just because I'm in a hotel that I'm using this, Mike. Do you know do you know what this is? It's a mountain. And if memory serves my uh, geography, uh, it looks like Denali. What what a memory you have. Congratulations. Yes, Thank Mount you. McKinley, formerly Mount McKinley, now Denali, highest mountain peak in North Car- uh, North North Carolina, North America, actually. It even has the uh, title for the entire continent. And um, I took this picture. And I want to tell you, um, you can see it's kind of crooked, but uh, what what I love about this picture is the story behind it. I'm standing there with a buddy of mine who lived in Alaska, and we're on the side of the interstate, and um, I'm, you know, it just says Denali Scenic Overlook, right? And Denali means the big one. I mean, so I'm thinking, you know, I've got to get to the angle where I can see which, you know, which of these mountain peaks it is, and you can see how many mountain peaks there are. But uh, for the folks that can't see it at home, basically, um, there's a there's sort of a weather system up above the mountain peaks. Mm-hmm. That's Denali. It's that much bigger than the other mountain peaks that it has its own weather system essentially. So it looks like a, a huge cloud bank behind all the mountains. No, it's Denali behind all the mountains. It's just that much bigger. Um, oh, that's crazy. So so what does uh, yeah? So the word Denali means the big one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, as a sidebar, I just want everybody to know, I want to go on record, I want to be big enough that I have my own private plane and my own weather system. (laughs) It's a life goal. (laughs) Good luck. (laughs) Yeah, that wasn't very encouraging. Right. All right, so we're talking about the big one, right? And behind me, I have the word. Yeah. Why? Why? And so this is one of those words that, that, that comes up and, and, and we often think of it as a question, uh, but for today's podcast, we're thinking of it as the explanation behind what you do. Everybody does or doesn't do something for a reason. Right. And until you understand the why, you will never understand why they took that action. Yeah. Uh, wonderful quote from George Carlin, I believe. And he said, those who dance are considered insane by those who can't hear the music. Mm. And so, yeah, it's the same thing. If I don't know your why, I have a hard time guessing why you're, what, what it is that's caused you to act the way you did. And more importantly, as a leader, if I, don't, if I don't understand the leader's why, then it's very hard for me as a team member to make decisions that would, that would coincide with their wishes, with their whys, with their values. Yeah. And, and think about how often this shows up in our work, Mike, because, and, and I guarantee you that uh, our listeners, both of them uh, have dealt with this where, you know, they, they found them, they found themselves saying, um, I need my employees to perform at a higher level. I need my coworkers to perform at a higher level. Why won't they just do what I'm telling them? I've told them what to do. Why don't they just do it? Oh yeah. It manifests itself a, a couple of different ways. One way, I can tell if I if I pull up to a, a place of business 
I can tell if it's a if it's a, a commitment place or a compliance place. Mm. I can tell if Co the commitment is, versus compliance. Yeah, yeah. So commitment versus compliance. So so compliance is I do it because you told me to. Mm -hmm. I don't understand why we're doing it this way. Uh, you just told me to do it that way. Commitment is I understood the I understand what you want me to do, and I understand why that you want me to do it that way, and I believe in it. Yeah, bought into I, it. I've, I've bought into it. I've engaged with your why. Yeah. So if you pull up to a store that is a commitment store, before you get out of your car, you can tell that the head cheese, the, the big guy, is not there that day. Uh, you see, you see employees parking in customer parking. You see people not wearing the the right uniform. You see people, you know, engaging in behaviors that that if the main guy is there, they don't do. Yeah. And they always get a big kick out of. I walk up and I go, "Hey, so and so not here today?" And I go, "Nope. How'd you know?" <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you. You know, but a commitment store. If, if the if yep. the leaders explain their why, they've got buy-in for the why, there's engagement for the why, you have no idea if the leader's there or not because people continue to do the right thing because it's the right thing and they believe in it. And so yeah. it doesn't matter if he's he or she is there or not there that day. Right, right. And, and that's going to require slowing down to take the time to explain that why uh, to the folks involved um, but I don't want to jump the gun here. What, what makes this why so powerful? Um, I know we've talked about, uh, Simon Sinek and his golden circle. It's a, it's a really cool video. If you've never seen it, it's a, it's a great book. Um, but he, he talked, he, he uses the phrase and he's, he's talking in a sales role. Uh, people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. And it, it sounds like a little bit here that you're talking about that, that it's not that, you know, uh, customers, but employees don't buy uh, what we do around here, but they will buy into why we do it. If you take the time to explain that to them. Well, yeah, and Simon goes on to say, he says, he says your, your, your goal from a customer standpoint is to not attract everybody who wants what it is that you have to offer. You want people who believe what you believe. Yeah. And to me, this is even more important when you're talking about employees. Mm. Uh, I don't need somebody who, who wants to do the task that, that we have to do. I need somebody who will do that task, but who also believes what we believe. Right. And so, so because that's where, the, that's where the energy, the magic comes from and the, the high level of engagement, uh, the people who will, who will take the hill, uh, who will, who will, who will, you know, give their blood and sweat for you uh, yeah. and for the, for the company and for the cause uh, because they believe in not only what we're doing, but why we're doing it. Well, the action item is already really clear. Thanks for spelling this out. We need to fire all the people in our ranks that just don't buy into our why right now when they, when they, they just don't drink the Kool-Aid, they don't get it purge 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 the the, the great awakening right oh, that's where we're going with this that's a great idea <laughs> wait no what what the reason they don't know the why is because i didn't explain it very well uh, yeah right. so one of the things that we run into with managers one of the things that we'll do is is we'll just ask them their why mm -hmm. And some managers are not very adept at explaining it, putting it into the words. They know, you know, they say it's like, it's like jazz. You, you know it when you hear it. Yeah. You know, my why is you know it when you see it, you know. 
we have to get more deliberate and it's it's not something that especially as boomer managers uh, we're trained to do our yeah. upbringing our upbringing was your parents told you to do something and if you ask why then they said because i said so right and then there was the threat of the physical violence you know you'll do it or i'll swat your butt uh, you yeah. know so this whole taking like you're saying this is an investment mm -hmm. so i've got to invest time in thinking through my why thinking how i will share my why and then i have to invest time in explaining not only what i'd like for you to do but why we're going to do it this way yeah that's a whole lot of time but it, to me, it's an investment. If I invest that time up front and the extra energy it takes to explain the why, I should get a dividend back for however long that employee is there. Yeah. And so I, I'll spend a lot less time following up, you know, you know, correcting mistakes and things like that, because they will be doing what we we've all agreed to do, and they'll know why we do it, and they'll be able to apply that why in situations that we haven't even talked about but they'll know they'll, they'll be able to guess what the right answer is yeah i was going to say you won't have to babysit them or police them they'll be able to make better decisions that are in line with what you're trying to accomplish as an organization i mean there, there are all sorts of downstream benefits from this and if you find yourself beating your head against the wall continually going over the same thing with your employees over and over again maybe take a break and slow down and see if you can explain understand for yourself your why and, and then explain it to your people right and a, a couple of uh warning signs so one of the things i look for if i'm in a if i'm in a manager's meeting with a bunch of managers and we're there for an hour how many interruptions do they get mm. how many times does a team member stick said hey you know so-and-so's here and need your help i need an answer and he, you know right. You know, you can tell by the amount of disruption how well the managers have explained the why and how much buy-in and engagement they have for the why. My other one, my other red flag that I look for is this happens all the time. So a manager and I will go off site for a little coaching or lunch or something. We'll come back. Team member will stick his head in the door while we're in the office wrapping up. And they'll go, hey, while you were while you were gone, Mrs. So-and-so came in and this was their problem and here's what I did. Hmm. And the manager will have only one of two responses. The first response is, when I'm done talking to Mike, we'll talk. And then they'll roll their eyes. <laughs> you know, Or they'll say, oh, you handled it just like I would if I'd have been here. Hmm. Sounds great. Keep moving forward. And so yeah. the, the, the first response tells me they, they, that the employee has seen them respond to customers, respond to situations but they don't know what why you know they don't know the why they don't know all the factors that the manager weighed in order to come to the the course of action that needed to be taking place the second yeah. manager the one where the employee guessed correctly he didn't guess correctly he knew the why he applied that why to the situation and in turn did pretty much what the organization and the leader would have done had they been present yeah love that and you, you mentioned boomers earlier and um and you know hey there, there's really something to be said for you know being a good soldier and and uh you know respecting your your superior officers so to speak but i i think you pointed out also that a lot of those folks of the boomer generation did it out of compliance um and uh there wasn't necessarily buy-in and what frustrates the boomer manager 
and the folks that have been trained by boomer managers and are like them, you know, uh, Generation X and so on, is these millennials, they keep asking why. It's so frustrating. But I, I think you and I have both come to the conclusion it's not that boomers suddenly are asking questions that the rest of the generations didn't think of. It's that the boomers are willing to ask the questions. And so now the whole situation's kind of on front street. You know, we're going to know very quickly if you've thought through your why and are willing to explain it to people uh, because some of those questions will be answered or they won't. And, and you'll see millennial employees start to peel off as they realize that this is a place where they're not going to to, to explain it to you. They're, they're, this, this place will never make sense because they're not willing to take time to tell you. Let's go oh, find a place that I can buy into. Definitely, definitely. And, and you see that the, the, the boomer team member would just be quiet, be frustrated, but stay. Right. <laughs> the, the millennial gets frustrated and, and, and leaves. Yeah. They're just more apt to act upon their feelings. They're like, this place doesn't fit me. I'm not growing and learning here and nobody's explaining anything. I'll go find some place that will. Right. And they'll do it in a heartbeat and they'll leave good jobs. Right. <laughs> you know? right. And, and, and just leave because they're not willing to live their lives like that. And, and, and you say the, the boomers, I mean, uh, <laughs> they, they, they don't, they don't leave, but our friend Chris Hunsaker has said, you know, they, they might quit and draw a paycheck still, <laughs> you know, like they've checked out in all other ways, except the fact that they didn't leave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I quit in place. <laughs> yeah. So, so, and we don't want that. We don't want that. We don't, you know, we want full engagement. So, so think about, you know, the, the simplest thing, right? You see these examples where, where you know, the customer standing in front of the leader and the leader takes care of them and does certain things. The, it's coming upon the leader to explain what were the variables that went into that, mm. you know, I, you know, because you had a customer in a similar situation and you didn't do some of the things you did for this customer. I'm completely confused and I will not do anything if I encounter that situation because I, it looked the same on the surface, mm. but you responded in two different ways and come to find out this customer has been with us 25 years. They've spent X number of hundreds of thousands of dollars with us and they're, yeah. they're loyal and they send us customers. So we do this. This customer, uh, you know, shops us. They don't, they're not loyal to us. We'll take care of them, but not to the extent we're taking. So it's, it's all these factors. I weighed in loyalty. I weighed in referrals. I weighed in relationship. Uh, you know, this is why, yeah. this is why I did this for this customer. It's that additional explanation that will allow the team member uh, to take the course of action that you hope they would take. Yeah, yeah, I, I love that. I, I had a, uh, a colleague who got a pretty big promotion um, and they thought it was, well, they need me here just to fill a spot. And now they realize that they're actually there being groomed to go to the next level. Um, to, to really take over a sort of a business unit, if you will, and um, how they got that message. And the reason that they're so bought in to this organization now is that the leader would, you know, for instance, send an email and then call this friend of mine and explain, here's why I did that. It's as simple as that. 
but but that 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 kind of thing was what convinced this person that you know oh i'm being invested in i'm being invested in and that's maybe a way to think about this whole concept all the stuff we've been talking about around the why is an investment in the future uh, in terms of employee engagement employee longevity in terms of your freaking sanity of not having to keep going back to the well over and over and over again on on the the, the same habitual uh employee performance issues yeah yeah we can sum up the the whole thing with with that that old saying that that the true mark of a great leader is not how his team does when he's there it's how his team performs when he's not there yeah and and the, the cornerstone of all of that would be the why right explaining the why telling telling the why in such a way that 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 your your team members buy into it and they want to, they commit to doing the right thing. So Mike, um, I'll, uh, I'll suggest, maybe I'm crazy here and we can edit this out, but maybe we put a stop right now in this conversation and pick up in a part two, which is developing stories around your why, um, having a, a good story to tell to explain the why. Because um, I know there are people who are listening to this who will not remember most of the facts that we traded back and forth about the why they'll remember the story about Denali and me standing on the side of the road, not being able to tell which peak was the, the, the one that was the big one. Um, and that's the power of story that goes along with this power of why. So maybe we come back in a second episode and talk about that. Was, was that a, was that a cliffhanger, a teaser? <laughs> I guess it was. See, ever since we got the new logo with the high production value, <laughs> like we've become more, you know, media astute. Right. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was good. Yeah, we will, we will take this up in a future episode. To make sure you don't miss a future episode, hit that subscribe button below, and yes. don't forget to punch the thumbs up button so more people see Max and Marty. <laughs> well done, Mark and Mike, uh, whoever. Let's see what our announcer. All credits. Yeah, roll credits. We need credit. That reminds me, we need credits. <laughs> and that's a wrap. It doesn't take a genius. The blog dedicated to reducing the irreducible. Next time, prime numbers. What makes them so special? Join us then. And thanks for listening.